On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered 333 slides of internet trends goodness. We talked about the arrival of campaign level conversion actions on Google Ads. Jess relinquished her pun queen crown to yours truly. And Greg covered a cringe fest of topics from Facebook research to banned crypto site manifestos. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more. Officially, as we cover Marketing O'Clock here on marketing. June 14th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. First up this week, my favorite kind of time of year. Mary Meeker has released her most important trends on the internet. Forget Christmas. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. I have <laughs> 333 pages of internet trends or slides, I guess, wow. not pages. Well. So it's a, it's a presentation and there's chock full of information. And you know what? I looked at every three, every one of the 333 slides. You looked at them. <laughs> did you, did yes. You and I pulled the, the information out for our audience here today. It's pretty good. So Thank I you. pulled out anything that I thought was top knowledge for marketers from those slides. And first up was from slide 20. And it's the e-commerce share. And to nobody's surprise, <laughs> e-commerce is continuing its gains over the entirety of commerce. And it's now up to 15% of retail uh, versus 14% year over year. But the thing that is so astounding to this is that the line is just straight up. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a just a mountain going going upwards, and I thought that that was pretty cool. And I also thought that number would have been higher, fourteen percent. Oh, but this is of all commerce. Yeah, everywhere. all retail sales in the U.S. Yeah, you're right. I feel like a lot of people buy stuff yeah. online versus going to the store. I would have thought at least a quarter, but we are not there yet. Mm -hmm. So that's something else to. Keep top of mind. Hey, there's 86% of people that are buying in stores. <laughs> we can get them then with our genius marketing then, right? I have a question though about this. Is this sales like dollars or sales like transactions? Do we know? That's a good question. I had 332 other slides to go through, so I didn't do the research on that. <laughs> okay, just but you curious. can check it out on your own over at, we've got a link to a Vox article that has the slides embedded. Another thing I thought was interesting was on slide 25, internet platforms. There's a look at just the overall volume from revenue from the different platforms. Google leading the way, Facebook second. But third is a combination she's got That's of all so these fair. other upcomers, but they are actually gaining at a higher percent. I would hope so because <laughs> she counts Amazon, Twitter, Snap, and Pinterest in this one bracket. But it is, again, going off of the averages she has um, accelerating in a higher clip. So I thought that that was, that was interesting, just seeing how far ahead Google is in advertising revenue compared to everything else. Yeah, and poor Microsoft didn't even make the cut here. Didn't even get in that Amazon, Twitter, Snap, Pinterest. No, maybe they're confused over the name change. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> half was Bing, half was Microsoft advertising. 
All right. Another thing that Jess, I think you'd like was on slide 32 where a lot of the, the data here was talking about freemium models, how mm -hmm. you could have a free option and convert people into, into paid subscribers or customers. And there's a cool, pretty nice look at Spotify and how they've been able to convert free users into paid subscribers with some graphs and charts. Really cool. And then it goes through all these different freemium models for marketers and just, again, entrepreneurs or business owners and what's been working, what hasn't off of a variety of different brands. Um, and, and again, there's a lot of data there, including Spotify. So pretty interesting. Yeah, I love Spotify. That's how they got me. I totally... The free trial? Yeah. Premium? I was, I was going free for a while and I, I listened to it a lot at work and just the commercials. I think I've told this story before, but the commercials yeah. would drive me insane. So finally one day I was like, I just, that's it. I'm paying for it. And it's been like five years and I'm a happy customer and they get my money every month. I want to know if there's somebody over there at their ad team that is trying to look at the quality or lack of quality <laughs> of their ads and then the number of paid subscribers. <laughs> I'm sure that they almost frame it to be so annoying. Like that people it just, eating. It's like, I don't yeah. want to hear people no. eating. I'm listening to Kesha here. Give me a break. <laughs> don't interrupt my Kesha with chewing. That's not cool. All right. Another slide that surprised me was 49, where the video time from the uh, stories that people were looking at is, is roughly 2x that in one year, led by Facebook stories. What? Who knew that one point, nearly 1.6 billion people were daily active users of Facebook stories? I, no. I'm sure that's true because that's what's here. <laughs> Talk to Mary Meeker, man, not me. <laughs> I've never seen a Facebook story in my life. Not Daily active people. users for Facebook or slash messenger stories, but I'd imagine the majority of that's Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and that has surpassed Instagram stories, which really surprised me because yeah. who knew not that me. that was the case? I would have thought it was uh, substantially less. There are also some of the top podcasts. Talk about top 10. Spoiler alert. We did not make the cut for top 10 podcasts in the world. We've got to be like 11. Next year, Mary. Next year. <laughs> All right. And there's also information on Nextdoor, which is one of, I think, or at least our office's favorite apps. We like Absolutely. screenshotting Nextdoor. There's a bunch of good accounts out there. Like, uh, what is it? Best of Nextdoor or something like that. I'll, we'll put it in the show notes yeah. where they recap uh, just really funny scenarios happening on Nextdoor, which is kind of that community app where you can talk to people in your near vicinity. Um, plowing ahead here, there's more information on free iterations, looking even at Google Suite, also how other companies are using social to monitor feedback. A good one was showing HelloFresh and how they're using Slack bots to monitor social media. Mm -hmm. Really cool. That was over... I don't know the page. <laughs> I got <laughs> lost near the end, to be honest with you. You can just do a, a find for HelloFresh. But overall, she talked about a lot of different trends that impact marketers. Also regulation, education, and a lot more even scary U.S. debt stuff and health stats at the end. So I'd say if, if you're a marketer, at least check out the first 125 slides or so. And then the rest is just... Devastating bedtime reading. Yeah, <laughs> Nightmare if story. If you're, if you're really feeling like you want to be bummed out, check, check out the last <laughs> half of the report. All of the of reading you tend to recommend. College costs, dead. No. Health. Well, a lot of stuff. So no, check out the left. first half and <laughs> not the second. Fair enough. 
All right. Well, that was a lot of information, but thanks for reading through all 333 of those slides, Greg. I do it for you, the listeners. <laughs> we appreciate it. So next up here in the news is the arrival of one of our personal favorite announcements from Google Marketing Live about a month or so ago. And this is the campaign level conversion actions that are now live. They're here for Google search and display campaigns. So just to recap for anyone that missed that original announcement, from Google Marketing Live, rather than optimize for all conversion types that you've created at the account level, you can now choose specific conversion actions for each individual campaign uh, and not only optimize towards those goals, but also remove the others from your conversions column. They'll still be reported in all conversions, but you won't have to see them all in one place if they don't make sense for that campaign. So this is great. The wise Greg Finn always says that not all conversions are created equal. So this will allow people for sure who have different goals within the same account um, really kind of push for those and, and optimize, use the machine learning to optimize for those different goals instead of kind of lumping everything together. So again, you know, you might want to optimize for quote requests with one particular campaign, but white paper downloads with another. And now you can do that. That's officially here for Google search and display. It's coming later this year for video. It's not quite, not quite ready yet, but it's coming. So I don't know about you, Greg, but I'm really jazzed about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm very jazzed about this. <laughs> I'm ecstatic about this because to your point, you know, the, there's different values on everything mm -hmm. and what can happen is almost that cross pollination of conversions depending on, on who you're bringing in, you know, where a demo request might be higher dollar amount than a white paper download. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you can say, hey, don't just go get me a conversion. I want to really target demo requests. And with smart bidding, this makes a ton of sense because you can say, I don't just want the lower dollar conversions that are going to be kind of marketing qualified leads. I want these sales qualified leads. I want more. So I love it. I love it. Anytime we have more flexibility and more ways that we can be creative for clients, mm -hmm. you know, count me in. Just yeah. auto count it. Auto check it off. I'm in. <laughs> check it off. And it is just in your campaign settings. It's really easy to find. So you can go in there and do it right away. Just obviously this should improve performance theoretically, helping you be more dialed in. But obviously it's a good idea to make note in your account that, you know, this is the day that I made this change. Just in case there's any fluctuations, you want to have that point of reference. So when you make this change, definitely note that. But Go out there and do it, kids, because this is huge. Fantastic. And speaking of fluctuations, we will start mm -hmm. to see some changes in the Google search engine results pages to be more diverse. And last week, right after we recorded, Danny Sullivan on the at search liaison Twitter handle released a tweet stream thread. Who knows? A Twitter? He a tweet, a Twitter. A, a Twitter. He released a Twitter. <laughs> that is a factual name. <laughs> and so what Danny said is that we want to see more diversity in the standard listings that we have. And in doing so, what we'll see is capping the results from two domains within the rest of the results so that one website isn't taking up the entirety of the search engine results pages. I'm sure people have done this before where they look for a restaurant or type of food and all of a sudden you have 10 different Yelp results or maybe not 10, but you know, you have eight <laughs> Yelp results <laughs> and it's not necessarily what you might want. And the thought is, Hey, let's get more diversity. And I think to me, I love it. No issues there. Great. Yeah. And it, they did because when I first 
heard that this was happening, I was a little bit skeptical. I'm like, well, what if there, what if three results from the same domain are actually the most relevant and I want to see those? And I was a little bit worried, but they did say that they may still show more than two in the cases where they determine it's especially relevant. So again, they're trying to have more diversity, but not at the sake of sacrificing relevancy. So I'm, I'm all in with this. Yes. And if you are looking to annotate this in your analytics, it would be June 14th, 2019. Also, a subdomain will likely be treated treated as that root domain. So something else to consider. You can't work around it. And you may, again, see some some fluctuation there to, yep. to the main, to the main <laughs> point. Um, and this is also not part of the June 2019 core update. This is something totally different. So it's not like Florida 50. Or maybe it Florida is because it's something Florida different. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like that. <laughs> I can't. All right. And that's it for this week's news. And now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up to you. This week's take comes from our very own Sarah Burke at our marketing Woo! meeting. This still is my favorite take that I heard the entire week. And we are covering a bunch of different items, including what we talked about last week with locations where you can no longer target a specific location within Google Ads. And we covered the bases, talked about the fact that it takes a lot of specificity and targeting away from us advertisers. Mm -hmm. And then our very own Sarah said, well... This is just turning into Google Ads Express now. <laughs> she said it just like that, too. She was not enthused. <laughs> no. No. She's right, though. I mean, we're laughing, but it's not funny. I mean, they're taking control away from us. She's absolutely right. I mean, we're... I'm going to try and keep my grouchiness to a minimum because we already ranted about this last week, but we're all not using Google Ads Express for a reason, right? We like that control. We like yeah. to be able to see what's going on and we, we don't want this to happen. So she's absolutely right. Everything's just turning into Express and Lord knows what a struggle that is if you ever want to come out of it. So. Oh boy. That is something else. Something else That's entirely. An entirely different conversation. <laughs> that it is. But yeah, love an in-house take. That was pretty good. Pretty spicy, Sarah. Thank you. All right, and that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. And at this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic or... Non-paid. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Firstly, as of June 25th, so coming up here, Supermetrics will begin using an updated version of Microsoft's API, which impacts some of the metrics that are available in their reports. So there's a list of about 10 metrics that are being removed, which means you'll then have empty values in your reports if you have fields for them. And a few are also being added. So if you're advertising on Microsoft and use Supermetrics for any of your reporting needs, definitely head over to the show notes. We have the full list there and you can adjust your reports accordingly. This is all based on the fact that Microsoft announced that they're going to be depreciating the older version of their API. So it's not, even though this announcement came from Supermetrics, it's not only going to affect Supermetrics, it affects anyone that uses this API. So if you're using it for anything other than Supermetrics too, just make sure that you keep an eye out because anything that you're using it for could be affected if you're using, again, any of these 10 metrics. So go into the show notes and take a look at what those are. Yep. And there are, are also metrics being added as well. Yep. So if you are using the Microsoft Advertising API, the metrics that you may now have access to are impressions lost to rank percentage and impressions lost to rank. 
Yeah, so those are good things. If you want to add them to your report, you can as of the 25th. So that's exciting. Next up comes from The Verge, and the article is titled, As CBD Booms, Facebook is Quietly Cracking Down on Ads. Apparently what's happening here, people are trying to promote CBD products in their Facebook ads, and that includes you know, traditional ads as well as paying to boost posts. And when they do this, their entire accounts are being shut down for it. It's not just that you know they fire up an ad and it's disapproved. Their entire accounts are being shut down. We've seen we've seen similar things as well before, where mm. it, it is coin-based items like crypto coins and all those digital dollars. <laughs> you know, that, that those are those ads are. You know, we saw the same thing, and now it's making its way over to CBD. Yes, and people are upset. They're filing appeals about this. You know, I think one person in the article owned a spa, and she was offering you know CBD oils and things like that, and straight up just Banned. shut down. Ban, yeah, ban. And their appeals aren't being answered, and they're claiming that they're losing business because Facebook is a big driver of business. Again, this is what they claim. I don't know, but people are mad and they're filing a lawsuit. So the Verge did catch up with a representative from Facebook and they stated that Facebook's advertising policies make no mention of CBD, but a spokesperson for the company confirmed to the Verge that users are not allowed to post ads mentioning CBD or ingestible hemp. So they go on to talk a little bit about their policy and what's actually in there. They do have a category called unsafe supplements. So that's, again, determined by Facebook at its sole discretion. So that's where the gray area is here. So I'm no lawyer. I don't know how this lawsuit is going to pan out. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm a doctor, though. (laughs) Brain surgeon, in fact. But I don't know. This is interesting. There's a lot of a lot of gray area, I think, on both sides of this. So it's it's interesting to me. Yeah, it seems like they could have done a much better job of weeding out those advertisers. You know what? I was sitting here when I was reading this. I'm like, what is going to be my pun for this? And I had nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, nothing. I just <laughs> yanked it right out <laughs> from underneath you. I'm glad you did because somebody needed to. It was just going to pot otherwise. <laughs> 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 That's it for paid. Over to you, Greg. All right. This week in non-paid, our first article is from... S-E-M Rush, a.k.a. Sam Rush, and it is from <laughs> Olga Andrianko, Voice Search Study, Factors Influencing Search Engine Rankings in 2019. First off, Jess, did you know that two out of five adults now use voice search at least once a day? Did you use voice search today? Uh, not today, no. I did not today. So, did you yesterday? Yes, I did. Oh. So we, we're we 0 for 2 here. Our... <laughs> Standard sound engineer hope is gone today, but we have Shep. Shep, the ads say that you use voice search today. Did you use voice search? I did not. Did not. Ooh. Over three. Well, you said two out of five. So yes. the two people missing from this room right now are you out using voice search. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. And there's a lot of great information in this study. One thing that I thought was interesting from the search side is that close to 80% of the answers returned were from in that top top listing were from the top three organic results. Um, so again, if you do a voice search, what is spoken back to you mm-hmm. or displayed to you, depending on what you're using, um, is something that already ranks really high, which is kind of like no duh, but right, it it's 80% sense. of those are coming from there. And the other thing is, hey, one out of five isn't in the top and is sneaking the way up in. So something to take a look at if you just haven't been able to crack your way into the top of voice search. Additionally, 
the answers that were returned were nearly the same for every device, around 41 words on average for that voice search answer. That's interesting. <clears throat> yes. wonder why. It's so a good one, number. <laughs> I looked at the math on this, though, <laughs> just in the study, and it showed that it really is like 43. And I started crunching the numbers. I'm like, why are you saying this is 41? This says 43. But they say 41, so I'm going with Olga. We'll give, we'll give 41. Well, why don't we just split the difference and go 42? It's 42? even anyway. Yeah, isn't that like the meaning of life or something, too? 42? It's like a whole Hitchhiker's Galaxy Guide thing. Well, 4 plus 2 is 6. Or maybe it's not 42. I don't know. Somebody's going to yell at me for this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not me, because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, on something that I do know what's happening is Facebook is coming off of their smash hit portal <laughs> and launching something else that nobody wants. Oh Study from Facebook is a new research app that will allow people to give more information over to Facebook. It is a standalone application that is reward-based. Uh, it's a market research program, and, and reward-based means Facebook will ask and give you a lot of different intel as to how they're going to use this information, and then the research participants will be compensated for this. How? I would imagine with money, but maybe it's with pokes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's with. Um, and all this comes just four months after they did that creepy teen survey where they give teens $20 a month in referral <laughs> fees to be able to track all their activity with an Android app called Facebook Research. And I think this is a terrible look for Facebook. Get this out of here. Wait, so are they going to like up the ante and this compensation they're referring to? Do you think you might get like 40 bucks a month? Because I'm signing up. If so, that's double what they offered before. <laughs> now, here, here is the thing. I don't like when people take my information without me knowing it. Right. But if I know it, I don't care at all. Same. Yeah. I give all my information to Google. There's something called Google Rewards. And they ask you all these questions, and they're like, what did you buy at Wegmans? What is this product? And they give you, like, can you scan your receipt? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, But I know I'm giving it over to them. But you're not getting anything for that. You should be on Facebook and No, I get money for it. I oh, get money do? in the Google Play Store. Oh. So then I let my kids buy dumb games. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I don't care. That's you can nice. know that I went to Wegmans. I don't really care. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I don't care either. I mean, I'd rather, especially knowing that, you know, as marketers, we could probably benefit from some of this information. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. But so, yeah, I just, but you have to know about it. Exactly. And so I tried to sign up for study so I could figure figure out and, and take a look at this. Yeah. For the show, of course, of not course. for any of the compensation. For science. <laughs> for science, exactly. <laughs> and they said, we're sending you the, your, your, your confirmation email. I said, all right, great. Didn't get one. What? So I went back in. I said, resend the confirmation email. <laughs> no confirmation email. <laughs> so this is going off to a perfect start. Perfect start. Somebody here. else got it. Somebody out there being Greg Finn is giving them all your incorrect oh, information. <laughs> Making $20 a month. They're going to make a ton of money on me whenever I go back to Facebook there. All right. <laughs> and even though Facebook is one of the most popular websites today, it hasn't been throughout time, and an article from The Next Web breaks this down. The article is called The Most Popular Social Media Networks Each Year, Gloriously Animated. And boy, is this an amazing animation. <laughs> Plus music. The music is really good. <laughs> I didn't know there was music. 
oh, you got to listen to it. Hmm. Go okay. back and watch it again. Okay. With I was sound. watching it while I was working out of the but it was very interesting. And what the next web does is they take a look at the most popular social networks and show it growing and contracting throughout time. Was there anything that stuck out to you, Jess? Yeah. Um, Orkut? O-R-K-U-T? W-T-H is that? It was something that was pink. I forget. It, it's like a little messaging thing, kind of like a pre-Twitter Twitter. Jesus, my mind just exploded. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I never really Twitter. used Orkut. There was also Plurk and all these other weird things. Yeah, I saw a couple in there that I didn't really know, but yeah. I don't know. What stuck out to you? To me, the biggest thing was... Google jumps in with these things like Google Buzz and mm. Google Plus, and these numbers are monstrous. They overwhelm Twitter, and then Google has no idea what to do. It just shrinks back down and shuts <laughs> off. I thought it's worth watching it just for Google coming out and you're like, oh my goodness, Google's going to take over social, and it just shrinks. Spoiler just alert gone. here in 2019. Another yeah. thing I thought was that Twitter, I have written down Twitter's steady eddy here, where it just... Continually is just the numbers are just going up and up and up, but the visuals almost don't move on there. I thought that it's very, very steady and slow, but it's still here. And that's the thing. You don't have to be, have this monstrous Google, (laughs) you know, flash in the pan. And then also it's just a good look back at MySpace. RIP MySpace. There was a monster (laughs) back in the day and it just got me thinking of all of those animated backgrounds and cool music i love yeah to your point about cool music i googled what tom was up to these days remember myspace tom or tom from myspace he was everybody's friend he was he was (laughs) okay (laughs) i looked up what he was up to and the website auto played music for me and it was so reminiscent of myspace profiles and made me happy and what else made me happy is what he's doing now okay does he have a top five now or not um no, because MySpace isn't a thing, right? Oh, I thought it was the music started playing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> in the article, it was like a regular old oh, website. On. I forgot what it was. I should find it and put it in the show notes just so everyone can experience it. But he's first of all, he's 47. He lives in Hawaii. And he's a travel photographer now. So you can find him on the social media. His handle is at MySpaceTom, which just warms my heart. And he's got what they call an impressive 617,000 fans admiring his photography. I picture him setting every model up that he's taking a photograph of in his adventures. He's like, all right, sit that way. Get the background there. That's perfect. Okay, let me move behind you quick. And now turn your head and smile. (laughs) Boom. Perfect. You forgot that it has to be shot from way above, just like all the other nice Check out his photography. You must. (laughs) All right, and lastly here this week, our friend Glenn Gabe over at G Squared Interactive has an article called Beyond the 1K Limit, How to Bulk Export Data from Google Search Console by Search Appearance. And Glenn, as he's prone to do, has figured out how to get more than just (laughs) 1,000 items out of Search Console. And he is bypassed the row limiter that you get which is the bane of every marketer's existence in Google Search Console, at least, and using a tool called Analytics Edge, which has a free version and a free trial for a paid version, you can follow his steps and get all of that information from Search Console. You're not tied to just 1,000 rows. 
And that brings us to our real life segment where we talk about what's going on in our marketing lives. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL accounts. Jess, what do you have this week? All right. So this week I've got just a tidbit from an experiment that I was running in one of my Google ads search campaigns. So I'm playing around with target CPA bidding because it hasn't really been working uh, similarly to how it has in the past. So I'm playing around with testing different CPAs against each other. And what I found, and everyone should test this for themselves, but just something interesting to think about, some food for thought. I was testing a target CPA of $25 and a target CPA of $50. And in the experiment, the target CPA of 25 got no conversions and not a ton of engagement. The target CPA of $50 not only got conversions, but was bringing them in at a target CPA of $25. (laughs) So (laughs) my point is shoot a little bit higher than what you're aiming for just to try and get some of that traffic in. I think we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but in IRL, this happens and you might actually get something even better than what you were looking for. So don't just be discouraged if something isn't working. Test a slightly higher CPA and see if you can get people in because it might work. Worked for me. All right. What about you? So one thing that I have as well is thinking ahead. You know, how is the collaboration occurring between you, your department, other departments within your company, or within yourself and clients? And what's Mm -hmm. that collaboration look like? Many times we've seen things slip by, whether it be affiliates or different offers or things like that, that hadn't really been vetted or, or just thought through from a digital marketing team or vice versa. You might be saying, I want to run this promotion and you talk to a different team or different client and, and it's just a no-go. And we had an, an example where there were specific offers that, um, that may be hindering some of our performance. And so we've got these different offers out there, these different affiliates that are kind of Again, cannibalizing our efforts, and mm-hmm. it just makes it tough. And a lot of times, your agency could help to circumvent that, or different departments. It's good just to check with everybody, even if you think there's no way there could be feedback on there. You never know because we've seen this before, we've battled it before, we've worked our way around it, and now now we're just going to do it again. And we could have prevented some of that stuff. So. Um, Be really open with your agency. I talked about this last week with some of the reporting, Mm -hmm. but also different plans you've got going if they're in the same vicinity, right? Run them by people that you think have some sort of knowledge of it or might even have a a tangential impact to that. Amen to that. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH is from CCN.com, and I believe it's Crypto Coin Network or Cryptocurrency Coin Network or something like that, but CCN is shutting down after Google's June 2019 core update. Jess, Jess, I can't even with this article. First of all, is it true? I have no idea. Because I read the whole article and it didn't didn't say that they were actually going to shut down (laughs) other than the headline. So CCN came out with a, a rambly article. Did you watch the video, Jess? I did not okay. because I read the article and it was quite a bear. Do you know what? You're better off for not watching the video. I figured so. That's why I didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> But CCN 
stated that Google came out with their newest update and it has hurt them so badly that they are shutting down the site and that they are now going to be moving all of their resources over to their parent site, which is some other wacky three-letter site to keep their journalism alive. (laughs) (laughs) And in the video, there's the main CCN fella. And first off, it wouldn't have hurt if he threw another another button on that shirt of his <laughs> under his suit jacket. Oh, man, I really wish I watched no, the video. You don't want to watch it. <laughs> this sounds But he great. calls Google a fastest company, talks about the intern being a horror movie and has some awful joke on that. Oh. Calls him Adolf Google, and then also talks about taking his company offline for good. Hold on. <laughs> it, it, their whole thing is to report news about digital currency, and they're going to take their company offline? Yeah, they're going straight to newspapers. It doesn't make any sense. Why don't we go to paper money too? Oh wait, we have that. It's yeah. called real money. You know what? It works. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to Target, spend it. Target. Um, he also made a petition against Google, and he implores his readers to take this to the streets and march. Furthermore, <laughs> he has a list of demands for Google, and. There are so many things that are H-worthy about this article. But I love the thought process that you have a problem, a problem that hit literally less than a week before. The June 2019 core update was less than a week before this article. And they just give up. <laughs> they just give up. They're like, oh, we dropped, we dropped X amount of our traffic. We're giving up. No, it doesn't make sense because he started the whole article with, we have people that we pay to work here, and he's mad that they're not going to make money. <laughs> so, so his answer is not to figure out a way to fix this problem right. and continue making these people money. He's just going to close this company. Now these people don't have jobs. How deep do you want me to go on this article? I want you to go pretty okay, deep because go. I love this. Okay, so then Dan Shore, who also has a podcast out there, had a good tweet thread on here talking about the fact that it... it he analyzed the traffic coming in, and the majority of it, I think it was a substantial majority. There's two pages that were at the top were from uh, the majority of traffic was coming from that one page. And that page dropped substantially, and that page was about the price of Bitcoin. What's on that page is nothing but a bunch of ads and an mm. <laughs> embedded chart from TradingView. So not a lot of value there. There's no content. <laughs> no. no actual There's content. There's ads everywhere. There's video ads. It's it's oh, crazy. Those video ads, by the way, they tempt you with a little X. And if you click it, you go to, you Amazon, go to Amazon. And then all of a sudden, again, it's, it's, I, I understand why they dropped. And they should have dropped further. <laughs> For an Exxon, Dan takes a look at their anchor text profile. It's all over-optimized. He makes the inference that this may look like something was purchased or that it didn't look natural. Mm. Um, And then also, just from the eye, it's not the best site from a usability standpoint. You couldn't turn the video off. I couldn't turn the video off trying to do this. Why would I want this to rank? Another thing, again, just the deep, deep, deep dive. At the end of his tirade, his blog tirade, Mm. he said, Google ads have been completely turned off for CCN.com. They might have killed us, but they're not going to profit from our funeral. <laughs> Jess? It's good writing. I went to the site. 
Yeah. Guess what I saw? What did you see? A Google ad. No! I clicked through. I have proof <gasps> in the image you can see right here. Um, I clicked on through. The It is a ad from Google. It's got a G-clid. The parameters are served up from Google. <sighs> and they're still serving Google ads. So something's fishy about all this, but mm -mm. the main takeaway is don't rely on Google for everything. Don't rely on <laughs> one extremely thin page on a garbage site with ads everywhere that are hard to click out of in order to support your own your entire business and writers and then if something bad happens figure it out don't just rely on one source the whole thing here is h worthy and thing. cringy so cringe is not even there's like got to be a stronger word than cringe i don't have one but Double but cringe. If you like, if, if, if there's one person out here that likes this content, check out Dan Shore's uh, tweet stream. Or what did you call it earlier? His Twitter? His, his, <laughs> his, tw his Twitter, Twitter Twitter. His Twitter Twitter <laughs> on this topic. So you can get some more. There's a lot of great commentary and a lot of great conversation over there. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. right. And that brings us to this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment's not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week's Cool Tool is for all you people that are running Google Smart Shopping campaigns. So shout out to the folks at Zato PPC who illustrated how you can use custom reports in Google Ads to find all the placements your shopping campaigns are running on. Shout out Kirk Williams, former guest here on Marketing O'Clock. Oh, double shout out. Shout, shout, <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout on the Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> so, yes, they have a video that'll walk you through how to do this. And if you'd rather read, they also have a transcript with the instructions. So once you figure out where your shopping campaigns are running, they also have a walkthrough to show you how to exclude certain placements if you want to. So if you're running Google smart shopping campaigns, head on over to the show notes for the link to this one. It's pretty cool. All right, and that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Roast, the UK company. WeAreRoast.com has an article from Paige Hobart called SERP Features 2019, 36 and counting. And what Paige does <laughs> is create a great resource that shows every type of listing that you could experience within the search engine results pages from some of the ones that we know and see quite frequently like amp pages or answer box results down to job search podcasts people also ask knowledge panel other brand knowledge panel you can see everything that shows up and this is just a bookmarkable resource that everybody should save to show to help educate clients mm. just to remind you when you bring somebody on of some of the options that you may want to try to optimize for um, and it's i think one of the only times i've ever seen everything <laughs> this comprehensive in in one page so thank you so much page all right that does it for today's show it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. 
If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, where we outline a scenario and there's only two types of responses, two kinds of people. But for today's game, we have three kinds of people, Jess, myself, and Shep, who's been running the boards. Hi, Shep. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a delight to have you here. All right. And first up, there's two kinds of people. A kind of person that eats their meal and then drinks their beverage after, or there's a kind of person that eats their meal intermittently, sips on their beverage to wash their food down. Which kind of person are you? I am usually the second with the exception of eating breakfast because I like coffee, but it doesn't really go with the taste of food, in my Ooh, opinion. Good point. So I save my coffee for the end. Okay, what if it was orange juice? Would you mix that in? Actually, um, I recently... <laughs> it's funny you should ask. Um, I recently ate a lot of hotel breakfasts, and I found myself with a glass of orange juice, a glass of water, and a cup of coffee at every meal. Oh, okay. Fancy lady. <laughs> All right, Jess, what about you? I am also typically the latter, but my exception is a bowl of macaroni and cheese because I'm eating that whole thing before I put it down. <laughs> like, there's just no breaks for, I don't care how much indigestion I have or how much hot sauce I put in it, no breaks for water. It's all mac and cheese. I was thinking about this when I was teaching my daughter how to eat. If there's something that she doesn't like, she just chews it forever. And I was trying to teach her like to drink water while you do it. But I realized not everybody does that. But I am like Kobayashi or Joey Chestnut. I am eating, putting my food in my mouth, and then drinking to wash it down. I'm not sitting there savoring every single bite and every single morsel of food. But neither is your daughter, right? She's just like, doesn't want to swallow it. No, she just doesn't want to swallow it. And then you give her a cupcake and it just poof, is gone. (laughs) Somehow she figures it out. Fair enough. All right. What do you have, Jess? Um, I want to talk about shoelaces because this is something that now that Shep is here, it was her idea and I wrote it down. So we need to cover this with her. There's two ways to tie your shoes. There's the loop, swoop, and pull method made famous by Big Daddy, the Adam Sandler film that Greg has never seen, which blows my mind. No. It's a classic. Have you seen it? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, everyone else in the world has seen it. There's two kinds of people, those that have seen Big Daddy and those that haven't. Anyway, there's loop, swoop, and pull, and then there's the bunny ears method. So how do how do you tie your shoes? I do the bunny ears method. I do not know how to do the loop, swoop, and pull at all. It's above my head. But <laughs> it really is. Like, I've had it tried. Somebody has tried to explain it to me multiple times, and I just can't. Really? Yeah. Um, but I did teach myself how to tie my shoes, so I don't think anyone should be able to make fun of me. No, nobody's no. making fun of you, because I don't even know no, how to do I the bunny. I get made fun of. I don't know how to do a bunny ear tie. I do the loop, swoop, and pull. So, it's very easy. But it's I never knew easy. that was the name of it. I thought you just, that's how you tie shoes. I didn't even know there is bunny ear folks out there. Yeah, there are. And I think it's it's an easier way to teach, but it's not easier to tie your shoes that way. And I just want to go back to the fact that Shep taught herself how to <laughs> yeah. tie her shoes because it's such a hard thing for kids. And Shep's like, I'm going to figure this out myself. That's amazing. No one should make fun of you. Well, my parents had too many kids. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to teach myself. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So next up, there are two kinds of people. 
there are people that get married and then down the road they renew their vows and then people that just get married and know their vows or or don't need to re- renew the vows what kind of person are you Jeff? and and for the for the record, we have three married folks here to answer this. So we have some experience. <laughs> I have three weeks of experience. <laughs> have you renewed your vows? Not yet. <laughs> um, so anyone on The Real Housewives who has ever renewed their vows, I think one exception is Kim Zolciak Beerman. Oh. Who? <laughs> oh, KZB. <laughs> <laughs> they always get divorced. Like, it's a kiss of death. Mm. But Beyonce renewed her vows. <laughs> oh, don't oh. get in the way of Chef and Beyonce. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but my three weeks worth of experience, I would say no. No. Okay, here's another take. Beyonce renewed her vows. Maybe there was a reason behind that, right? Maybe I don't think yeah. she forgot the vows. Are you talking about the elevator incident? I think that her partner may have actually, actually in that case, forgotten the vows and needed to renew them. <laughs> No? Is that not fair? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. <laughs> okay. So are we, without judging anyone here, are we saying that the people that renew their vows are the people that like actually feel like they have to? It's not like that's, a that's ceremonial what I think. nice thing? That's what I think when I hear that happening. It's like, oh, my, is everything okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, you forgot them? That's what happened? Or you, you, you temporarily lapsed? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I am not a vow renewer. I, I know them. I said them once. Yeah. I, can remember things like I don't need to renew them. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't actually remember m- what mine were, but I'm sure I'm adhering to them. I'm still married, still happy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's t- ceremony, pomp and circumstance. Is that what people say? <laughs> I think so. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> All right, and Jess, do you have one last one here? Mm. What you looked like you had something to say, Shep. Do you no, have one? <laughs> do you? I don't. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, we could we could rant about people that don't flatten boxes before they go into the recycling. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, you have to lay it out. There's two kinds of people. There's people that do and people that don't. And I feel like Shep has an opinion, and I don't know which side of the fence she's on. I don't have an opinion. I just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't because why? It's just a lot of work, mm. and um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I knew that you really had to. I think you're supposed to. I think it's nicer. For you want to save folks. space. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. And A, you need to save space because I order lots of stuff online because I don't like stores. And then B, <laughs> you get to use a knife and just cut it up. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, I'm actually doing something for once. It's kind of soothing. I have like a Kleenex <laughs> box or a tissue box. You just do it by hand and just flatten it out. It's nice. You should try it. If you have a bigger box mm. and you don't flatten it, and your recycling bin is full, you can use the box as another recycling bin, and you can wait to take out the recycling. Wow. That is an appropriate time <laughs> of not flattening the box, and a good life hack. Life hacks with Shep. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you next week.